Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, January the 25th, 2024. It is currently 11.06 a.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. January the 25th. Can you believe that? Can you believe that we're 25 days into this 2024, 25 days into this new year? I I am still trying to process that because I don't know what has happened to January. I can remember the end of December trying to, you know, figure out what am I going to do in January? Okay, we're going to be doing the historical lectionary and the liturgical calendar. Okay, we're going to be doing a little bit of that. We're going to be and uh, having these ideas and trying to formulate plans and and how we're going to work the podcast and how I'm going to do uh, things for church and and just kind of had, you know, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of, you know, your kind of anticipation of how it's all going to go. And now all of a sudden we're 25 days into the year. And I feel like the entire month has just been that. I don't know that it's just imploded in on itself. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, can I, can someone start it over? Hey, hey, someone, please. Who, who, who do I see? I need to speak to the manager. We need to start this over. We need to go back to January the 1st. We need to. I do. I have no idea what has happened over the last 25 days, but it's been crazy. It's been, it's just, it's been absolutely crazy. 25 days have, it's, it's, they've arrived and they're gone, but there's nothing, nothing I can do. I can't go back, can't fix it, can't change it. As many of you know, I've been sick with COVID, which is just so frustrating. How many days where I did no broadcasting, how many church services had to be canceled. It's been, it's been a mess, but somehow coming out of all of this, we've kind of stumbled into this whole you know, biblical road signs concept, right? Taking scripture and saying, this scripture serves as this biblical road sign, a stop sign, a yield sign, a a merge sign, a a speed limit sign, a a construction zone, or whatever the case may be. We kind of stumbled into that. We've done a little bit of work on that. And um, we did a sermon review. I need to do some more sermon reviews today. So I'm just trying to kind of like, look, I I can't go back but let's just try to move forward and just trying to get back into, well, some kind of rhythm, some kind of, you know, oh, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do next. Here's what we're going to do next. Right now, it's very just random, but hopefully somehow in all of the randomness, something of value will occur on this broadcast. But today... This is what's happened. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to continue with the metaphor, right? I'm going to continue to press this metaphor and this illustration today because every day is, you know, a spiritual journey. Every day we're kind of like in our car driving around spiritually speaking and we see our road signs. And today I felt like I was driving and it said rest area ahead, right? And I pulled into the rest stop. Right? Do you ever pull into the rest stops when you're out driving, do you? 
Do you ever pull over next to them? There's a rest area not too far from my house. If I get on the main highway driving towards Tuscola and Ovalo, where the church is located, um, there's a place called Hilltop, right? Where the road goes up to this, well, Hilltop. And at the very top of that, on the left, if you're, if you're driving south, it's on the left-hand side. If you're driving north, it's on the right-hand side. But if you're driving south on the left-hand side of the road, right, you have to kind of cross over the medium and and, and get, go over there. There's this rest stop out on hilltop, and it's it's, it's really nice, and it, it oh well overlooks one of the hilltops. And uh, it used to be now now there's like a you, you, if you go pull up in there and you sit down, it's kind of I mean it's nice. You can see the large hill right there. Um, it, it looks nice, but now there's just. That whole area is just covered with houses and where in, in the past there were no houses there. So in some ways, I kind of miss that. But it's a nice little rest area. It's a nice little rest stop. You could sit there, pull in. You sit up on one of the tables and just maybe the sun is setting. That's where usually sometimes it's a nice place to go to see the sunset. I guess you could get there early in the morning to see the sunrise. But it, it's it's a nice little rest area. So... Sometimes you see those road signs, rest area ahead, and you pull in and you get refreshed and and you have a chance to just kind of rest from your long drive so now that you can get back into the car and you can move forward, right? Well, spiritually speaking, today I was looking at the lectionary, right, because we're doing that this year, and as I was looking at the lectionary, the first thing I realized is that today is all about the conversion of Paul the Apostle, of St. Paul the Apostle as the lectionary reads. This is about the conversion of Paul or Saul to Paul, right? And we could we, we could talk about that. So I looked and the first reading is from Acts uh, chapter 22 verses 3 through 16, all right? Where Paul is kind of, you know, telling what happens to him that he was on a journey and as he drew near to Damascus about noon a great light from the sky suddenly shone around about him and I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" So we could read about the conversion of Paul in Acts chapter 22, 3 through 16. I'm like, okay. And then I, 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 I then looked at the next, pa- well, or you can look at Acts 22. They offer an alternate passage if you want it. It's uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 22. So we could read all of those. And then I looked down to the, uh, the gospel reading, which was Mark 16, 15 through 18, which is just, you talk about a theological minefield you want to walk into, Mark chapter 16, 15 through 18, a passage, obviously charismatics love, and they try to apply to today. I will argue it's a passage that applied specifically to the apostles, but hey, we could get into that. But So I, 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 I kind of looked at it and I got ready to set it aside. I'm like, okay, I've looked at the readings for today. All right. Do I want to do anything with the conversion of Paul? Do I want to, do I want to walk into that world of of Mark 16 trust me that's not a <laughs> that's not rest area ahead that's not those passages are none of those passages give me those road signs right Mark 16 is like caution ahead avoid do not enter detour go far away from it whatever the case may be because you just know all of the controversy you're going to get into the 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 passages about Paul the apostle and his conversion you know, I don't know what road sign I want to put there. It's, you know, information maybe. It, it gives me some good information. I don't know what I want to necessarily do with that. But then, right when I got ready to set it aside, I noticed that the psalm, 
for today is Psalm 117. And I looked and I read, and I'm reading this from the lectionary. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Glorify him, all you peoples. For steadfast is his kindness towards us, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever. And I'm like, I wonder what else is in Psalm 117. Like, I wasn't thinking. I'm like, well, I mean, that that doesn't really give me a lot. Well, let me at least open my Bible to Psalm 117 and see what else is there. And then I opened my Bible, and then I was kind of like, you know, kind of slapped myself in the head. I'm like, hello, I should have known that's the entire psalm. It's it's like the shortest anything in the it's it's the shortest ch- chapter in the Bible. Almost positive it's the shortest chapter in the Bible. Clearly, it's the shortest psalm in the Bible. I'm pretty sure it's the shortest chapter. So let me read it from the King James, Psalm 117, from the King James. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great towards us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. And as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. All right. I was like, immediately I saw the rest area ahead sign. And I'm like, I'm pulling in. I'm pulling in. So I pulled into the rest area. And I've been sitting here looking at Psalm 117. And I've read it. I've, I've kind of, in a sense, you know, turned it upside down, turned it to the side. I keep reading it, reading it. And there's just, it just, sometimes this happens. I don't know if this happens to you. Sometimes this happens to me, you know, when it comes to the Bible. I just, oh, I'm like, I'm stuck. I can't just move on. Like, it's so short, but it, it, I can't just, I, I felt like I'm being dismissive of it, right? I feel like I'm just like, no, 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 no. It's so short that it would be easy to go, oh, well, that's nice, or that's cute, but it's just, it's two verses, right? You know, and we can see what's repeated, right? If I'm reading it from the King James, see if you can catch what's repeated. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. Praise is used twice. Then, for his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. So three times it's praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Okay. So immediately I could I could turn on the microphone, and I was just thinking, okay, as I'm sitting here in the rest area, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I need to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How do I praise the Lord frequently? Do I praise the Lord constantly? Do I praise the Lord perpetually? Do I praise the Lord truthfully? Now, it's one thing to grab a praise song, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and maybe listen to it throughout the day and you sing it over and over and over and you praise and you praise, but you're praising the Lord based on someone else's words, right? You're praying and you may start praising it, praising the Lord according to that song, just because the tune is catchy, just because it's, you know, you like the sound of the song, like it's, it's catchy and you're, and you're singing along and you're telling yourself you're praising the Lord, but really all you're doing is just singing lyrics like you would be your favorite pop song, right? Your, your favorite pop song and you're like, it gets stuck in your head, right? Next thing you know, you're 
singing about flowers, right? Next thing you know, okay, Miley Cyrus, okay, or you're, you're, uh, I could just start naming popular pop songs, but because it's catchy, you just start repeating it. Well, sometimes you could do that with a praise song, right? I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong because it's great that you're remembering to praise the Lord, but is it you praising the Lord or you're just singing these words because they're so catchy and they're so, you just, they get stuck in your head. That's great. But that's not really you praising the Lord. Now, if we look up the word praise, I'm going to go to the interlinear really quick. In fact, I didn't even think about this earlier, but I'm going to think about this now. If I can find the interlinear, here we go. I'm going to open up the interlinear. Oh, praise, it's this word. It's this Hebrew word. Strong's H, 1984. Halal. 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 And it is used a lot. It's used 165 times. It's, it's used, it's translated praise 117 times, glory 14 times, boast 10 times. Um, Strong's definition of halal is, um, let me see here if I can find all of, there's so many, uh, it's one of those long ones. To be clear, um, uh, to shine, to make a show, to boast, uh, to uh, to be clamor- clamorously foolish, to rave, uh, to celebrate, to boast, to celebrate. So it's this idea to praise, to to boast, to celebrate. You're you're saying all these words. The outline of biblical usage: to shine of God's favor, to flash forth light, to praise, to boast, to be boastful. To boast, to make a boast, to praise, be made. So it's where you're boasting in the Lord, you're praising in the Lord, you're shining forth his goodness and his greatness. To praise the Lord, you're praising him. I I tend to say praising the Lord, you're praising him for who he is. You're praising him for his attributes. Sometimes I try to draw a distinction between praise and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I'm thanking God for what he has done. Praising the Lord, I'm praising him for who he is. I'm praising him for his attributes. I'm not necessarily praising God for what he's done for me. I'm praising him for who he is. When I thank God, I'm thanking God for what he has done for me. That's very specific. I thank you, Lord, for God, for sending your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. I thank you for your imputed righteousness. I thank you for your forgiveness. You know, more specific about how it relates to me. But when I praise the Lord, I'm praising him for the attribute. I'm praising him for who he is, his character, his power, uh, all of all of the different attributes. I, t- I try to draw, draw a distinction. I'm not saying that distinction is all, always has to be made, but at least so I can draw somewhat of a distinction. But this is boasting, praising. Do I boast in the Lord? Do I shine forth his goodness, his greatness? Do I really exalt him? See, when you're praising the Lord, you, you are exalting him. You're declaring him to be great. You're boasting. It's not about you. This, this path, it's used so many times in the Bible. I could go through all the different places that it's used. I'm looking here really quick. I'm looking here to see if that's the same Hebrew word used um, all the different times in Psalm 117. Yes, it's used, uh, praise, but there's another one, maybe a different one there. Hang on, I'm going to go back to Psalm 117. 
All right, hang on. There may be a different Hebrew word here. Pray. Oh, yeah, there is a different Greek, Greek, uh, Hebrew word. It's uh, So, hala is one of them. The other one is this one. Strong's H, 7623. Shavach. Shavach. Now, this one uh, means, uh, it's translated five times as praise. Strong's definition, address in a loud tone, uh, to commend, to glory, to, so this is, a, this is the idea of a, a loud praise almost to, to, it's the same concept, but it's, it's almost emphasizing it. So if we were to read Psalm 117, oh, praise the Lord, boast in him, shine forth him, glorify him, exalt him. Uh, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, shout, raise your voice. And then for his merciful kindness is great towards us and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. So here in the rest area, like if I'm using this analogy, then I can just ask myself, do I praise the Lord? Do I boast in him? Do I exalt him? Do I magnify him? Do I lift him up? Do, do, I, do my words shine forth his greatness? Now, the more we praise him, the more we praise him, the more we get our focus off self and on him. The more we exalt him instead of exalting self. The more we lift him up instead of lifting us up. And the more we exalt him and the more we put our focus on him, then we'll become more spiritually minded. Like the the more we focus on us, the more we fo- worry about us and us and us and us and us, then we exalt ourselves. It's that never ending battle. Look, the, the battle, we sometimes talk about, you know, Christianity, what is the battle? The battle is either you're exalting and praising and lifting up God, or you are exalting and lifting up yourself. You're either focused on God and his will, or you're focused on you and your desires. Really, Christianity is a battle. Sometimes we talk about Christianity almost being a battle between God and Satan. It's really a battle between God and ourself. And when I say it's a battle, it's a battle for us internally. Are we going to truly serve God? Are we going to truly serve self? Are we going to replace God with self? Because if you think about it, what we truly want to do is we want to boast and brag about self and pull God off the, we want, we want the throne. We want the throne. We want the exaltation. We want it. So praise the Lord. Now it says, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. This is a call for not just Israel. This is a call for the Gentiles. All the nations. All the people. Everyone should praise the Lord. But then verse two, it gives us specific reasons we should praise the Lord. Specific reasons. You could, I think these comes down to two, maybe. I don't know. You you can see how you want to break it down. We'll, 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 I wanted to break it down maybe a little more than the text actually allows. But so we need to praise the Lord, right? But there gives us specific reasons. Because look, oh, praise the Lord, all, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his 
merciful kindness is great toward us. Now here is a little bit again, I, I said I try to distinct, distinct, draw a distinction between praise and thanksgiving, but here's a good example where they kind of come together, right? I'm praising him, but I'm praising him specifically, well, because of something he's done for me, right? But I, I still need to praise him specifically for the attribute, whether it was for me or not, but in this case, it is. But listen, for his merciful kindness... For his merciful kindness. Let's just leave it there. For his merciful kindness. Let's not, let's leave the next part. Is great towards us. Let's leave the towards us part alone for a minute. His merciful kindness. Now I, I am, I admit, when I originally read it, I wanted to break it down. His mercy and his kindness. I wanted to separate those. Mercy, kindness. Mercy and kindness and separate the two. But it seems, at least in the Hebrew, it's more they're grouped together. Merciful kindness, these two, we translate them as two English words, merciful kindness, really comes from one Hebrew word if you look in the interlinear. So I'm going to go pull up the Hebrew word here. Let me, let me go back to Psalm 117. Psalm 117, verse 2. His merciful kindness, really three English words, come from this Hebrew word. Here's the Hebrew word. You ready? Here we go. Strong's age, 2617. Chesed. 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 Now, it's used 248 times. All right. It's translated mercy 149 times. Kindness 40 times. Loving kindness 30 times. Goodness 12 times. Uh, kindly five times. Merciful four times. Favor three times. Good one time. Goodliness one time. Pity one time. Reproach one time. Wicked things one time. The Strong's definition uh, is, let me look here, kindness by implication towards God, piety, um, uh, rarely by opposition, reproof, or subjectively beauty, favor, good deed, uh, Kindly, kind, kindness, merciful, mercy, pity, reproach, kind of just a, a number of things here. The outline of biblical usage is goodness, kindness, faithfulness, a reproach, shame. So it's goodness, it's kindness, it's faithfulness. So it's, it's, it's not, I don't, in some ways I'm not a fan of that. I was hoping for it to be broken down a little bit more. Now, a number of the, uh, English translations, they do it this way. Um, we praise him for great is his steadfast love. The NIV, for great is his love. The New American, for his mercy toward us, for his faithful love, for his unfaithfuling, unfalling love, unfailing love. Uh, the King James, for his merciful kindness. So merciful kindness. So I, 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 I'm going to put the two concepts together. And if you take all of the English translations, you kind of get this. You have the love part, but you have the mercy part. So maybe the love fits the kindness, but it's a merciful kindness. It's a merciful love. We need to praise God for his merciful love. Merciful love. Now, if you look up the, the definition, the English de definition of the word merciful, it just means showing or expressing mercy. So that doesn't help us much. So let's look up the word mercy. 
The word mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. We praise the Lord because he is merciful. Merciful meaning he shows compassion and forgiveness when we do not deserve it. In fact, he's giving us what we do not deserve. We deserve judgment. We we deserve wrath. We deserve judgment, destruction, death. But God shows compassion, forgiveness because he is merciful. In a sense, mercy is him not giving us what we deserve. Grace is where he gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy is where he withholds what we do deserve. Grace, he gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy, he withholds what we do deserve. And what we do deserve is wrath and judgment. We should praise the Lord because he is merciful. Merciful. Every day, I know that God is merciful. You know why? Because I'm breathing. Every day I know God is merciful because I am not in hell. Every day I should be able to praise the Lord for his mercy. For his merciful kindness because of his merciful love. I should praise the Lord because he is merciful but there's a kindness. There's a lovingness to it. There, He loves us. Again, look at all the English translations of Psalm 117.2. Look at all the English translations. For great is his steadfast love. NIV, for great is his love. New American, for his mercy toward us is great. For his faithful love. That Most of them, his unfailing, faithful love. It is a merciful love. It is a merciful faithfulness, as the King James says, or a merciful kindness, I should say. It's merciful, it's kind, it's loving, it's compassionate. Now, do you praise him? Do you, do you praise him on a regular and consistent basis? You praise him, not because you're singing a popular song, but you. It, it's a, it's praise that, arri- that, that starts not in your mind, but it starts in your heart. You're overwhelmed. And why do you praise him? Because of his mercy and his love and his kindness. Toward, and, and forget the next part. Forget the number. Just, we should just praise him because of his mercy and his kindness, because he doesn't deserve, he does not He's not obligated to show mercy or kindness to any of his creation because all of the creation is fallen. All of the creation is corrupt. Now, what's more amazing about this is his mercy. We praise him for his merciful kindness because it is great toward us. It's one thing to say there's a God and I should praise him because of his mercy and his kindness, his merciful love. I praise him just for his attributes. But then what's even more amazing is that merciful love has been as great toward us. Now, the word great there, the word great. So, oh, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. If you look at the word great here, it is this Hebrew word. It is this Hebrew word. 
Strong's H, 1396. Gaver. 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 Okay. Just below that. Gaver. Gaver. All right. Those, so two different forms, but you get the idea. It's used 25 times and it means to prevail, to strengthen. Strong's definition, to be strong by implication to prevail, act instantly, instantly, exceed, conform, be great, be mighty, prevail, put to more strength, stronger, be valiant. Uh, the outline of biblical usage, to prevail, have strength, be strong, be powerful, be mighty, be great, to be strong. It's this idea of strength. It's this idea of greatness. In fact, if I look here, I think in my, in the study Bible that I have here, um, yeah, okay, well, this one doesn't even uh, describe it. it. There's there's a greatness to it. There's a, there's a strength. There's a power to this merciful kindness. This merciful kindness is powerful. It is overwhelming. It is strong toward us. Meaning that God's mercy and love, this merciful kindness is greater than us. It's stronger than us. And it has to be because his merciful kindness has to be greater than our sin, has to be greater than our failure, has to be greater than our rebellion, has to be greater than our sinful nature. It is more powerful. Greater is God's mercy and love than our sin. It is greater than our rebellion. It's greater than our inability to fulfill God's law. It's greater than all of that. There's a greatness to it. In fact, I was looking at, let me see if I can find it here. If I can, if I can find it, because uh, I think there was a commentary here that focused on the great part. Okay. Um, is great. The Hebrew word doesn't have the thought of exceedingly large, but as something that is mighty and prevails. Gavar is strong and is not only great in bulk or number, but it is powerful. It prevails over sin, over Satan, over death, and over hell. His merciful love is so great. It's greater than our sin. It's greater than um, death. It's greater than hell. It's greater than Satan. You should praise the Lord today because God, your Lord, your, your Savior is mercifully loving towards you. And that is greater than your failure. It's greater than your sin. It's greater than all of your mess ups. Here's the one thing you know. You can praise the Lord for his merciful kindness. Look, look. Other Christians, not going to be so merciful and kind. Other Christians are not going to be so merciful and loving. Other Christians will say, well, you may be forgiven, but however, we're going to keep a record of wrongs. And anytime you get out of line, we're going to pull out and go, well, kiss what you did. Get, right. Oh, I got it. I got it here. I've got the list. You, you messed up here. You messed up here. You messed up here. You me- and, and according to me, you should never be able to breathe again, be seen again, and you probably should die 14 times a day and you should be crucified and burned at the stake. But we can praise the Lord because his mercy and kindness, his merciful kindness is greater. It's great towards us. It is l- greater than than anything, than the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. It's greater than the accusations. It's greater than your own conscience. It's greater than your own condemnation. It's greater than all of that. 
You should be overwhelmed with praise towards God's mercy and kindness because it's far more powerful than your, your sin condemns, but God is greater than your sin. It's greater than the condemnation. It's greater than the guilt. It's greater than the shame. Now, if we truly praise him, for his merciful kindness, if we truly praise him for that, if we truly, 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 truly praise him for that, then we are reminded every day that God is greater than my sin. And so we should experience some freedom and and, and that guilt should be removed as far as the East is from the West because we remember that. But guess what? When we are praising God for his merciful kindness, why is it that we have so many problems extending that kind of mercy and kindness to people around us. You cannot give a merciful love to others until you have first been filled with a merciful kindness that comes from God. Your inability to forgive others, your inability to let others go, your inability to show mercy when you want to show bitterness and and you want to hold on to it, your inability to do that is because you have not truly allowed yourself to be full and filled with the mercy and kindness of God. Your inability to forgive others is because you have not yet allowed yourself to be forgiven. Those who are bitter, those who will are resentful, those who will not forgive, those who will hold a grudge, those who will not let other people go, is because they haven't let themselves go. Praising God for his merciful kindness is that you have accepted it. That God is merciful and loving towards you. And that that love is greater than your sin, greater than your condemnation, greater than your shame, greater than Satan, greater than hell, greater than death. It's greater than all of that. Praise the Lord. Exalt him. Lift him up. For his merciful kindness, his merciful love. And it is great towards us. It is great towards you. If you're praising him for that, then you're acknowledging it. You're accepting it. So you find freedom from your guilt and your shame. You you confess your sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's gone forever. It's never to be brought back up. We're the ones who always want to bring up everyone else's sins and failures. But maybe today, I don't, I don't know your situation. I don't know if there's someone in your own house that you still haven't let go. You still haven't forgiven. Maybe because you haven't truly embraced God's merciful love. But the text doesn't stop there. Oh, praise ye. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. 
Now, when I first pulled over into this rest area to start trying to just work through this and talk this out, and now people pulling into the rest area probably looking at me going, what is he doing? Because I'm standing here talking to myself. But okay, I mean, metaphorically, I'm not actually at a rest stop. I'm okay, all right. Someone will take it literally like you were at a rest. Okay, no, all right. So just for those who don't follow the metaphor and the illustration very well, okay. But for the rest of us, we, we can play along. I'm standing in this rest area and I'm sitting here talking this all out, right? I'm talking it all and people are kind of like, okay, kids, stay away from the crazy guy, okay? But but this, I think this is some important stuff. In my brain, I'm like, okay, I wanted to separate mercy and kindness, but really they kind of fit together. But then I was like, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. And I was like, okay, So I want to praise the Lord for his mercy, kindness, his merciful love. And then I want to praise him for his truth. Because God's truth endures forever. So, but I don't know if that's really what, when I think of the word truth here, exactly what should I be thinking of? Well, you'll notice how some of the English translations handled this. If I can go back to them, if I can go back to some of the English translations here. Let me see if I can find them. Because the English translations kind of handle it in a, I'm going to go here. All right, so I'm going I'm to see if you can figure this out. For great is his love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. New, New Living Translation. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. The ESV. For great is his steadfast love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Berean uh, Standard Bible. For great is his love, devotion towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So all of those put, they translate truthfulness or truth as faithfulness. Now, once you get to the King James, now everything after this is going to translate it as his truth endures forever. New King James, his truth endures forever. The New American Standard, the truth of the Lord is everlasting. New American Standard 1995, the truth of the Lord is everlasting. New American Standard 1977, the truth of the Lord is everlasting. The Legacy Standard Bible, the truth of Yahweh is everlasting. The Amplified Bible, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. So you have then, then you have a list of English translations who handles it at, who translates it as truth, truth. Now to me, it's like, okay, he's mercifully love, he's mercifully loving, his, he's mercifully kind. Okay. I can understand that. And then here's his truth and it endures forever. I want his merciful love, but then there his truth and his truth endures forever. And that gives me something to grab onto. And so I'm, I'm thinking of truth from that perspective. But you can see some of the English translations handles it in a different way. So what, what is this word if we look at the interlinear? Well, if we go to the interlinear, I'm going to click on it, go to the interlinear. And I'll look up the word that is, um, and the truth, it is this Hebrew word, truth. It's this. Strong's H. 571. Emeth. 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 If you look at the transliteration, I would not say emeth, but okay, I'm glad that I'm glad I listened to the pronunciation because the transliteration, I would, I would, I would go with I would say it differently. But okay. All right, so that's good. Emeth. All right, so it is used 127 times. It's translated truth 92 times. It is, uh, it is translated faithfully two times. Strong's definition, st- uh, stability, trustworthiness, 
truth, establishment, faithful, right, sure, and true. Now, the outline of biblical usage is firmness, faithfulness, truth, sureness, reliability, stability, continuance, faithfulness. Then truth as spoken of testimony, judgment of divine instruction, truth as a body of ethical or religious knowledge, true doctrine. Now, my mind wants to kind of go with, oh, and God's truth, his, his, the word of God is true. His doctrine is true. His, 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 and I want to kind of go from it more from that direction, but it sounds like most are arguing, Hey, his merciful kindness is great towards you. It's great towards you. And God's faithfulness endures forever. So it's more this way. Hey, we should praise the Lord because of his mercy and his love, his merciful kindness, right? Because we don't deserve it. And his merciful kindness is great. It's great towards us. It's greater than our own sin. It's greater than our own condemnation. It's greater than our consciousness, our conscience. It's greater than the accusation of uh, the accuser of the brethren. It's It's greater than hell. It's greater than death. It's greater than everything. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. We need to praise. And once we praise the Lord and embrace that merciful kindness, then we should extend said merciful kindness. And all right. So we talked about that. But then his truth of the Lord endures forever. I think the idea is God's faithfulness endures forever. I praise him because God is faithful and that faithfulness endures forever. In other words, he is faithful even when I am not faithful. I'm not faithful. I'm not. One time I, one, one minute I'm like, let's go God. Next minute I'm like, let's go self. Next minute I'm like, let's serve God. Next minute I'm like, no, God, you serve me. I am not faithful. I am the, I am the opposite of faithful. I am unfaithful in every way, shape, or form. But I can praise God because God's faithfulness endures forever. It, God's faithfulness is not impacted by my actions. God's faithfulness is not, does not deviate from my failure, does not change because of my sin. God remains faithful. God remains faithful to his covenant, remains faithful to his promise because, well, ultimately he makes the the covenant promise with himself, especially if you look at the Abrahamic covenant and how he made it with himself. We could get into a whole discussion there. But God is faithful. My, my, so many times we are faithful until someone isn't faithful. And then we then become, then we're like, we abandon everything. But God remains faithful. We're unfaithful to God all the time. But God remains faithful. See, that's a, that's a merciful love. It's a merciful love that is, that's extended to us, not because of what we, in fact, it's, it's withholding what we do deserve. And because of his grace, he gives us what we don't deserve. He withholds what we do deserve and gives us what we don't deserve. He loves not because of what we can give him. God doesn't love for what we can provide him. He loves because he is loving. 
He is merciful, not because of what we can do for him, but because he is merciful. He is faithful, not because of us. Now, if we appraise him for his merciful kindness and his faithfulness, then we should be mercifully kind and faithful to those around us. Not because of what they can do for us, because of what God has done for us. And then it ends with praise ye the Lord. Now, that's our discussion about Psalm 117. Now, remember, this whole, the whole way I did this is I was driving my car, and again, metaphorically for the Christian life, using the road sign illustration, because we were still pressing that. I saw a rest area ahead, and I pulled in, and, and, I, and, and I got refreshed. I got a chance to just rest in these wonderful truths. It, it can almost be a, a rest. To me, it, brought, it could be a hospital. It could be a hospital sign, right? Because, I mean, that, that, that is a, like medically, spiritual medicine for the soul right there. I want you to think today about praising the Lord. I want you to think about his merciful kindness. And I want you to think about his, the truth of the Lord, his faithfulness endures forever. And what that should mean for you. Psalm 117, verses 1 through 2. That is the psalm in the lectionary today. Now, if we were to place this into the context of the lectionary, this would fit somehow with the conversion of the Apostle Paul. How does those words fit with Paul's conversion? God showed merciful kindness, did he not? Did it not show God's faithfulness endures forever? And this psalm is a praise all ye nations to the Gentiles. Who was Paul sent to? Was Paul sent to the Gentiles? Maybe Psalm 117 was chosen in the lectionary on the day we're supposed to remember the conversion of the Apostle Paul because it fits together Beautifully, but I'll place that before your capable hands and you can let me know what you think. Psalm 117. I hope you have thoughts on it today. I hope you'll give me your thoughts. If you're doing uh, the Sermons 2.0 app challenge today, look up a random sermon on Psalm 117 and tell me what you think and what you discover. All right. Thanks for listening. You can email me, news if at yahoo.com news if at yahoo.com thank you so much for letting me just kind of impromptu just throw out my thoughts not perfect but hopefully beneficial thanks for listening everyone have a great day and praise ye the lord god bless